Come be a part of Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics with your host, Dr. Ed Holliday. Hear the voices of liberty speaking all across America. Doc Holliday provides thought-provoking interviews and commentary about the issues and actions that are afflicting this country and what we need to do to get America back on track. Get fired up. Get inspired. Get on board with Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics right now. And here we go. Once again, that's the sound of rock cracking, but it's cracking for the last time in 2019 because the year is coming to an end. And Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics, in this week's show, we're going to go back, hit some of the highlights, some of our different shows, and it's amazing what has happened in this one year when you think about it. And with Donald Trump as president, and there has been more rocks cracking and political rocks just falling all over the place. And that's why you're at the right place right here on Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics right here on webtalkradio.net. That's webtalkradio.net. Glad to have all our listeners tell you, friends and neighbors. This will be a fun show looking back and just seeing the immense expansion of just rocks cracking all over in an entire year. Can you remember where we started out? Look, you remember the 2018 elections had just finished up. Most of the country, over 50% of the country, were convinced that Donald Trump had colluded with the Russians and the Mueller report was going to be imminent, showing that uh, Donald Trump had colluded and everybody thought he was going to be handcuffed and walked out of the White House. That's what a lot of the liberal press had convinced people, and that's why the 2018 elections were held under these illusions that the mainstream media had presented that uh, President Trump was in cahoots with the Russians and it was going to be proven by the Mueller report. You remember, and that's why the Democrats basically imposters now because they would, so many would have never been elected to take over the House if the truth had been known. And we, you remember our uh, interview with Daphne Barack just a couple of weeks ago, and we were talking about how she had figured out, we had already talked about it on this show, that Mueller held a report they knew for months and over a year before they released that there was no collusion by the Trump campaign team or the president, no collusion with Russians whatsoever. And yet they held that. Why? Because they wanted enough Democrats to win to take over the House so that they would impeach the president. And that's what they did. Or did they? Remember last week's show? Nancy Pelosi has Pelosi has not delivered the articles of impeachment. So technically, the president is not impeached. People voted to impeach him, a majority, not a single Republican. And that's why I want you to understand what has happened in this year. Remember again that the and at the end of 2018, the stock market had dropped. It looked dismal. And the R word all over mainstream media, you heard the R word, recession, recession. 
It's a right around the corner recession. This this uh, economy is crumbling because those tax cuts were like a sugar high, and the Trump tax cuts were really hurting the economy. And it was just a matter of a short time, and we would be in recession, and Donald Trump would be railroaded out, and that that's where we started 2019. Go back and just think about what was going on then. And I just have to tell you, with all the different uh, things that we started out, as a little gloomy uh, and, and and what was happening. And do you remember? We were in a government shutdown going back and forth. But there was a government shutdown the 1st of 2019. And then, uh, but Trump had a, I called it in a show. You can go back and look at our archives. Some of you may not even know we got archived shows. And you can go back and it's like a history lesson. We talk about the, uh, where uh, Donald Trump came and gave the State of the Union address. And, and remember, Nancy Pelosi was talking about man, not, maybe not even letting him come to the House to, to deliver it. But he did. And it was really, I called it the tipping point, a turning around point. And you go back and look over last year, it had to have a turnaround somewhere. And I believe it was the State of the Union address in 2019, February 2019. And then what happened in March? The Mueller report was delivered. And then the press wanted every bit of it. And they got just about every bit of it. And and then we had Democrat candidates talking about uh, running for president, started announcing, popping up everywhere. And, you know, it was just, you know, every day, like about another 20. <laughs> it wasn't that every day, but really well over 20 were running for president and others thinking about it. And then... We had the Venezuela and socialism. It looked like the uh, Maduro was going to be on his way out, but he didn't ever. He's still hanging on there. And then you remember what happened in Virginia. The governor there, the Democrat governor, was uh, caught with blackface, wearing blackface back when he was in medical school. And it was in the uh, annual, in the yearbook. And yet there was this big roar for him to resign. And then they realized, well, the lieutenant governor had had some accusations about from the Me Too movement, and and he wouldn't be eligible. And then there was also the next in line to uh, be the governor was a Democrat, and he had been in blackface. And so if the governor resigned and went down the line, it was going to be a Republican taking over. So that couldn't be done. So we still have a governor in Virginia who's a Democrat who wore blackface. And 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 it was uh, well, he was not run out of office because uh, the, the those who were in line were not in good shape. And it would put a Republican in charge of Virginia. And the Democrats have worked so hard to take over Virginia. They decided we will let a governor who doesn't mind wearing blackface be be our governor. And but that that was again happen happening in a, a February March time. But I'm talking about just so much uh, that we we went over. Now, we'll have to say last year, the first year, we, we had a great interview with David Rubin, the former mayor of Shiloh, Israel, talking about the wisdom of walls and building that wall. And that's something Donald Trump, he strategically uh, maneuvered so that he got funds, even though Congress would not give him the funds he wanted. He was able to, during a call a, a crisis situation, and move some funds around from the military and 
other means to help start building that wall and build that wall was is what is going on now even because of what donald trump did so that when but again in march we the Mueller report was uh delivered and then and then it was just everybody thought okay trump's gonna be walked off in handcuffs that's what if you listen to the mainstream media that's what you expected but there was one of the things when all this was going on uh we also had an interview with victor davis hansen and uh and, and what victor davis hansen had to tell us about the case for trump he just written a book it's a great interview if you didn't hear that go back to the it's on april 1st it was april fool's day but we did this great interview with victor davis hansen he's one of the smartest living historians around i i, I believe he, you just about call him the smartest living historian that uh that i've ever uh been able to listen to and know so listen to that interview if you didn't listen to it it's still relevant for today and we had a uh, the a lot about the uh, coming around and then candace owens uh she was uh, uh you know i called her the political pioneer in the 21st century african-american young with such a an intelligent attitude when it comes to politics to say you know i'm not going to let the past dictate what's best for my future and and she is a very uh important figure i think for 2020 coming up she started a uh blexit movement is using the word brexit for britain leaving the european union but she is using the word black uh, the blexit movement meaning for blacks leaving a democratic party and then we know when uh, the democrats jumped in the Mueller report was released to the public finally in april in late april and then vice president joe biden jumped into the race for president we had these shows and then, and and then, well, I told you a while ago when I talked with uh, uh, last at the in December with uh, Daphne Barack, and we talked about did the Democrats gain their U.S. House majority in a legitimate way? I did a whole show on that in May of 2019, and then we even celebrated the 10-year anniversary of the Tea Party movement in May. And then Attorney General Bill Barr, we talked about how, what a shining star he was becoming. That was in May. And then it's just, you go back, it's like a history lesson. You think, did all this really happen in one year? And I, I have to tell you, it was such an interesting year. It was fun being able to do rock-splitting politics because it, it just never stopped coming about. And we had... a. Uh, we had some shows uh, again we remember d-day 75 years later and uh, we had a show with president trump talking about d-day and it was unbelievable when you think about the different uh things that have come up in, in, in the year and you know one of the things that later on uh in uh, i guess it was in october the president trump came to my hometown of tupelo mississippi and there was a 95 year old veteran that uh, i know that was uh, flew in a b-24 liberator bomber he was a gunner in that and 
and he wanted to meet the president and we, you know i helped him get to meet the president and got my picture of the president too so i was glad i got to meet him uh, very briefly but i got to meet president trump glad that happened but again when you think about d-day 75 years later and how these young men 18 19 20 years old hit those beaches omaha and 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 just it was just unbelievable when you hear those stories and think what bravery and and what these young men did to fight against all odds hitting those beaches there and uh, remembering D-Day 75 years later. It's, you can go back and listen to that uh, show. And then <laughs> it, it, so much about President Trump. And we had uh, Renard Jackson talking about black Americans for a better future. And again, how Donald Trump plays into the future of all Americans, but especially the minority Americans. How the job situation. You couldn't give, go to Congress and create a job program any better than what Donald Trump did by using the private sector, just having an economy that's cooking. And if, if you don't like the job you have now, then you can find another job because there's so many job openings. In fact, there's over 7 million jobs unfilled now wanting workers willing to work hard. And that is something that's never happened in the economy since I've been alive that I know of. We have an economy unlike we've ever had before. More Americans are working than have ever worked in history. we got the lowest African-American unemployment rate in history. we got the lowest Hispanic-American unemployment rate in history. And, and one of the lowest ever for women. I think World War II would make it hard to ever get the lowest unemployment rate for women. But because so many worked when the men were overseas fighting back in World War II. So uh, we we had, uh, again, we talked with uh, the uh, former mayor, Shiloh David Rubin, about Iran and, and their the actions of Iran. And then we, and some of you know, I, I zeroed in on the Mississippi governor's race. It's one of the few governor races in the country this year. And watched uh, Tate Reeves become the uh, governor-elect of the state of Mississippi. And so a lot, a lot of politics were going on. And then I have to tell you, I had some fun doing some shows. Uh, a lot of these shows, you remember when they were talking about uh, the, the Dem- Democratic candidates, Mary Ann Williamson. She talked about New Zealand and what she would do the first thing if she got elected, she would talk to the Prime Minister of New Zealand. Well, because of her statement, guess what? I, I went to New Zealand to check it out. How about that? And that's, that's what uh, Doc Holliday's rock splitting politics will do. We'll, we'll go places and do things that other people just won't do. But we got there and the people in New Zealand got to talk to them, what they thought about President Trump and, and, we talked about it on some of our shows, so go back and listen to those. And then we went in and talked about James Comey's alleged crimes. And uh, and so there's so much in the archives. Just I just wanted to go back and remind you of what has happened in this year. And and then we, of course, the impeachment started, and uh, and we talked about crowd strike and and the Ukraine, and so much is gone and. Quid pro Joe shifty shift and quid pro Joe Biden. And and the, the impeachment circus just started to grow and grow. And, you know, you'd think it would just decimate 
a president. And most people in the White House, most people who hadn't been Donald Trump, would have been decimated when all the, the fury of the establishment of Washington went against President Trump. Guess what? His, his uh, polling numbers started going up. So uh, we have had what a just a packed in year. And this through this all the stock market. I told you how it started out so bad last year. And it dipped down. And then they had one of the best years ever in the stock market. So that even now at the end of December, record after record and in, in indexes. And, and also uh, in October, I uh, got to hear Donald Trump Jr. came down to Oxford, Mississippi. Got to hear and listen to him speak. And so we had so much. And, and some of his clips we played for you on our show. But so much to listen to, to talk about. And it's just amazing. So much was packed into one year. Think about all the things that went on. And now I just want to remind you, you're listening to Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. You're listening to us right here on webtalkradio.net. That's webtalkradio.net. And I do want to say that I hope you had a Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, and Happy New Year. Because next time I'm speaking to you, it'll be 2020. But we are going back and talking about some of the things happened in this past year. I want you to go back and you have time, hit some of the archive shows that you missed and or you want to listen to again some important things were said all throughout the year on different shows that it's just and the the thing i want you to understand is when you listen to doc holiday's rock splitting politics you can see some things going on that you're, not, you're just not going to hear anywhere else i talked with uh victor davis hansen and and uh just uh his keen mind on what trump means for america and then talking with uh, uh daphne barack and, and talking about how she knew she realized that uh, they knew exactly when that donald trump they knew that donald trump had not colluded it was well over a year before they turned in the report and yet they held it the people there the, uh, they were running the Mueller report it wasn't Mueller. we know he wasn't quite all there but the people running it, they wanted to wait to ask, well after the election so that the, you know, the mainstream com- media could just keep presenting this almost as fact that Trump had colluded with the Russians. And, and they, they had everybody convinced. They all were convinced themselves. They said it over and over again. But they got what they wanted. They got the Democrats to take over the House. And they really thought they were going to get the Senate. They really thought they were going to get the Senate. But Donald Trump put the foot down on that. And actually, the Republicans gained a couple of seats in the Senate. Now, that was something, when you, especially when you talk about the judges, that uh, Donald Trump has continued to appoint that it's just amazing what he's done with the federal judiciary in three years. But I do want to say that uh, you listen to Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics, and we got a book here that I wrote for Dr. Alveda King, Dr. Alex McFarlane, called Bedrock Truths. And you can get that book. You can see the cover of it on our uh, Web Talk Radio page. Go there, click on that cover, and it'll take you right to the page. We'd love to get that book out to you for 2020 bedrock truth that that that's a book that you need for the vision year 2020 it helps you stand on the bedrock truth that america was founded on so get that book we'd love to get it out to you now i want to play a clip here one of my favorite shows with uh 
I mentioned a while ago, I think he's the greatest historian living today, but Victor Davis Hanson. Take a listen to that. And right here on Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics, we got Victor Davis Hanson. He's got a hot new book called The Case for Trump. He's an historian, a thinker, a patriot. He's the senior fellow in military history at the Hoover Institution at Stanford University, professor emeritus of classics at California State University in Fresno. And he is our guest right here for the next few minutes. And we are just more than glad to have such a person of uh, deep history and knowledge. And he's got this new book about the case for Trump. Tell us, Victor, why you wrote the case for Trump. Well, you know, I, I'd seen a lot of books that were kind of campaign. Trump's a saint and can do no wrong. I saw some that more, actually, that Trump is a sinner and terrible. So I just wanted to kind of tune out the politics and look at exactly how he won was his message? Why were people surprised that he won? What has he done since he won? Why do people hate him so much? And what's the outlook for 2020? And um, so that was the reason. I, and I wanted to give people some reassurance that, if, especially for those who voted for Trump, that they shouldn't be fear, they shouldn't be defensive. That they they made choices that were based on. What was the alternative and, and good policy and, and common sense and logic? Victor, I, I want to take you back to uh, the election in the, in the fall of 2016 and the Access Hollywood tape. Now, NBC had that for, what, 12 years? They knew they had it. They didn't play it. They didn't let anybody know about it during the primaries. They wanted Donald Trump to be the nominee. That's exactly what they wanted. They, you know, they, of all the different candidates, Hillary Clinton and the Democrats wanted Donald Trump because they knew they had his Access Hollywood tape and they thought they were going to get him and force him to resign or do something. And it didn't work out the way the Democrats expected it to work. And yes, they did. They thought that uh, CNN had Trump on every night. They wanted him to be the nominee because they thought he would implode the Republican Party and then Hillary would waltz in. And they were like Dr. Frankenstein uh, and the monster. Once they created him, they found out very quickly that he, he wasn't an idiot. He had a lot of good skills. He had a good message. And then all of a sudden, after the convention, they thought, wow, we, we've empowered this guy. Now let's go do awful research and, and that Access Hollywood tape was released, but it was kind of ironic because they nominated a candidate whose own exposure to the same kind of charges was even greater than Trump's because Bill Clinton, of course, assaulted women, not before. Nobody ever said Trump assaulted women. He just said that, said some gross things before he was a politician, but Bill Clinton assaulted women inside the White House, at least according to Kathleen Willey. So it didn't work out too well in the long run. No, and I, I noticed, you know, and you think, why, why did they pick today? And I always said that, you know, they had the ballots printed up, and they were just hoping that Trump would resign. And, I mean, they would just, like you said, they they would just blow the entire Republican Party out of the water. That's exactly what they were looking for in Trump. Uh, he, he, he's, he, he more than surprised them. I mean, I, 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 they still well, haven't I, got over it. No, you're absolutely right. I, I was on the 
conference call with National View writers, and I was trying to tell them that it would be a bad thing to call for his resignation because, A, he wasn't going to resign, and, B, he was going to have a good debate that night because he was fired up, and, C, he was probably going to win the election. And, D, he hadn't, he'd done something that he had apologized for, for being gross, but men, unfortunately, have this habit, we all know, that when they get together, they can say some nasty things off the record and in private. And if we were going to tape everything Harry Truman or LBJ said or did, or JFK or Bill Clinton, we wouldn't have much of a candidate left. Well, that's one reason I'm glad we got you on the show, because you are so good at uh, your history. I mean, you know history better than anybody I know of, and, and you're so right in saying that. And I guess that's – I wanted to reflect some on the in the election. I have to admit, I didn't have faith. I just – you know, I, I, I was afraid Hillary's going to be our next president. But you said you – all along, you felt like he was going to win the election. I did, because – he had a pretty conservative message that wasn't that different than the other candidates, 80 uh, percent, you know, lower taxes, strong defense, right. more oil and gas, good judges. But he changed it. He tweaked it. He said, you know, China is not fated to run the world. We, we can push back and we will push back. And fair trade is one thing and free unfair trade is another. And we're not going to run up these huge trade surpluses based on Chinese cheating and hollow out the interior. And an open border just depresses U.S. wage earners' compensation, and it, it's, it distorts the melting pot. And we've got to have legal and measured and diverse and meritocratic immigration. And, and then if you, go, if you go overseas and you want to get on an optional war, make sure you can translate it into strategic success, or it's not worth it in a cost-benefit analysis. And that was different. And more importantly, it was aimed at uh, the, the place where the election was going to be. It wasn't going to matter what he said in Texas or California. It was going to matter. That message really resonated where, where the election would be ultimately in the Electoral College. Uh, decided in Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Iowa, you know, uh, Indiana, North Carolina. And the other candidates apparently didn't see that at all. And that was just a clip from a great interview of, of Victor Davis Hanson. And uh, as you see, just an outstanding mind when it comes to history and knowledge. Now, let me play this clip from uh, the former mayor of Shiloh, Israel, as he's talking about Iran. On Iran with troops in Syria now. Well, they're not backing out yet, but uh, but the attacks have become more frequent over the past six months. And we just uh, um, just a couple of days ago, uh, the Israeli Air Force attacked, and uh, it's it's going to become more and more intense as time goes on, and unless they leave Syria or unless they're forced to leave Syria. And then, uh, and and we don't again in America don't get all the news, but now Putin's position there, of course, he allows the Iran- Iranians come in. It seems uh, because uh, I guess Putin has the leading a hand in, in Syria of troops. So what, uh, again, uh, how do you feel that Putin, is, is he just trying to, is he trying to, uh, and, you know, give Iran more power? Is he lining up with Iran? Is he, or no, I, I, I don't think so. I think he's, he's looking out for Russian interests, uh, but, but he, he's going to have to do a, a balance sheet at some point. 
and he's going to see that uh, that that to protect Iran isn't going to be a good idea. And so far, he's not protecting them. He's just not he's just not forcing them to leave Syria. Uh, but uh, the reason for the meetings is to coordinate so that we just wanted, you know, we meaning Israel, just want to make it very clear to Putin that if Iran, if he lets Iran stay in Syria, that Israel is going to continue attacking uh, Syria and continue attacking the Iranian Revolutionary Guards and their other forces and advisors that are in Syria at this time. And so, so you know, it's just to make sure that that none of the Russian advisors in Syria get killed in the process. But Israel is not going to stop those attacks, and uh, Putin is just going to have to back down on that if he if he if he tries to stop Israel. And that leads us back to the one of the original questions as we started our conversation: is how far is ran from the atomic bomb is there any guess i remember 10 years ago people saying hey they're just months away from you know building an atomic bomb and and here we are 10 years later and they're saying well they're not nearly close to it so i mean is there a good estimate from the intelligence services about where they are on an atomic bomb well no nobody knows exactly uh because there are certain military and nuclear research bases that were off limits to the inspectors, to nuclear inspectors, as a result of the Iran deal. Uh, so, according to the Iran deal, uh, it's supposed to give them. It's supposed to be ten years. Uh, that 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 after ten years, they would be free to go forward uh, in developing nuclear bombs. Uh, I believe that they have the technology and they and they are moving forward on it. Uh, what but the, the the whole point of enriching uranium is only for a nuclear bomb. You don't enrich uranium for nuclear heaters. And again, that was uh, David Rubin, the former mayor of Shiloh, Israel. And just uh, uh, with David Rubin and Victor uh, Davis Hansen and just two clips that I took out of a whole year. And, but you can go back and listen to 2019, the entire year in the archives. You can't hear it all at once, but you can go back and listen to some of the shows if you've missed them or if you want to hear them again. But it's really history all wrapped together for a year, and and now we're ready for 2020. It's an election year. It's going to get crazy. And we know the Democrats have thrown everything plus the kitchen sink, and nothing is stuck. This stuff from a Ukraine, well, Nancy Pelosi, at the point I'm recording this, she still hasn't sent over the articles of impeachment because she knows how weak they are. So what's 2020 going to be like? Stay tuned right here. Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics, and we're going to talk about it together. Can't wait to the new year, 2020. See you then. Thanks for joining us today, and remember to listen again next week for another edition of Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. You can order Ed's new book, Bedrock Truths, by clicking on the book cover right in front of you on the screen, or visit DocHolliday.org. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next week.